Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Many adults dealing with FOSY or a fear of saying yes. Oh. Uh, many, many adults have dealt with FOSY. So if you have FOSY and you don't say yes, then you get into FOMO, you get to FOMO. I guess so. Right. It's, uh, it's when they've decided against doing something that they actually want to do. Again, we like we were talking earlier about skydiving. Right. You know, in your heart, you, you you think I'd love to do it, but you you say yes, and then you say no because of well, probably a lack of confidence or not wanting to die. Yeah. Um, but first and foremost, a lot of it has to do with financial concerns. Like you could take a um, you could be offered a job in another city. And then you start thinking, well, what if uh, money and what if I sell my mm. house and what if the this and what if the that and yeah. the kids and the life. And, the, and we, we, we really do shoot ourselves in the foot all of the time with a lot of the what ifs. And, and it's never it's so weird how the human brain works. It's never, well, what if this really turns out great? Yeah, it's the half empty thing. It's always, well, what if it all goes south? Mm. You know, and and I and I think that a lot of times in life, when from from little things to big things, I think more often than not, things for the most part turn out okay. Right. I, I've never really heard of too many situations where somebody say takes another job in another town, and it's just the worst experience ever and the biggest mistake they ever made in their life. I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it has. Do we think? You think part of it is that. You know, a lot of times when you hear of people you know that are just packing up and moving on or, mm. or, or taking that risk, per se, uh, you know, sometimes you secretly hope it fails for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? I'm looking at one. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we translate that into ourselves and we're like, oh, well, maybe I don't want to be that guy yeah. who takes that risk and has it fail. You know, uh, it's funny. The one thing I think about now in, in like, leaving uh, and going to live somewhere else, my only biggest concern with it now is coming back and getting back into this market. Mm. Like, from a, from, from a house standpoint. Right, yeah. I mean, I took, you know, when we left Brampton in the early 2000s, as part of the GTA, my house was going up in value. We, you know, we moved to Windsor. It was a win-win because I bought a house cheaper. But then coming back here in my 40s was a real kick in the pants. And so to say go leave again and then, you know, you, you come back to retire or whatever, well, you just couldn't. You could not come back and retire here because it'd be too damn expensive. Mm -hmm. So that would be the one thing that I think would hold me up from, from leaving again. Um, but we, outside of even a massive move like that, it, the, uh, the FOSY holds us back from even trying new hobbies. Just we're so fearful, I think, of looking foolish or making a mistake. Yeah, for me, it's out of sheer laziness. Mm. Like I, I tend to say maybe a lot. <laughs> <laughs> when you you ask that, do I have a fear of saying yes? I yeah, not necessarily. In, in some situations, most situations where I where I'm asked the questions, usually it's from the kids. Can we do this? Can mm. we do that? I have a fear of saying yes because it involves me doing something. Yeah, getting involved. I um. My big problem is that I do say yes. I get ex I, I, the idea of, of a, a lot of things. I think, oh, yeah, that'll be fun. Sure, I'll do that. 
Like the bike ride last year in the dead of winter. Right. Which we got to speak about, actually, because they're doing that again. In a couple of weeks, funds. yeah. Yeah, and they're raising funds, and so if you can help out. So a couple of minutes, we'll give you the details on how you can help them out. I was asked to ride again, and I left them the longest text message. <laughs> so... So I, so they, the, the, the boys, the brothers there. The Douglas boys from CRCS, yeah, They sent me a thing a while back saying, you know, do you want to get involved? It's again? laps for Lakeridge. It's for Lakeridge Health. Yeah. And, uh, and I basically said, in a nutshell, I said, uh, you could get a Winnebago and have somebody drive it while I lie in the back of it watching television, eating potato <laughs> chips. And I used some actress's name, I can't remember. Well, she sits and eye humps me the entire time. And I'd still say no. Never again. I understand they have more, like, e-bikes and stuff that yeah, you can I don't know run why, around, too. I don't know why they're not hounding you to do it. I mean, you ride an e-bike. They did, but I uh, I mean, think of my way of doing a game that weekend. Is that something in your eye? That's <laughs> <laughs> next week, yeah. You're around next yeah, weekend. Stuff on the go. No, I'm in Owen Sound next weekend. Owen's, what the hell is there in Owen Sound? Uh, hockey Day in Canada for sports day. What the hell are you doing there? I uh, call in the uh, the women's game in the uh, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. What's ringette next for you? Lawn <laughs> <laughs> hockey? Whatever assignment they give. Oh, my gosh. You and the hockey. It's You know what? I'm going to start a charity for you. <laughs> You need help. <laughs> I, I got to find a therapist who can wean you off of this hockey. Uh, you go do the laps. Terry Johnson's doing the, doing the laps. Him with his hacking lung, he's got. Oh, he's well, yeah, do the laps. Do, well, yeah, I'll see Terry at the hospital, right. just like I was. No, it's so, all right. We might as well just do this now. Uh, yes, they, um, the, the, the boys at uh, CRCS DKI do this every year. They ride bikes in the dead of winter around Royal Ashburn Golf, and they ride it for, like, all day, it's endlessly. It's, it's insane. Well, it's Matt and Kyle Douglas. They, they ride on a regular basis yeah. all day, every day. Their obsession with bicycles is like yours with hockey. Okay. Uh, and they ride and they ride and they ride, like, eight hours, which is basically they do it like the length of a, a, um, a frontline worker's shift at the hospital right it's all money being raised for lake ridge health and the cancer award and their goal is to raise like 40 grand uh, and so if you can help out go to laps for lh dot ca that's laps for the number four lh the letters dot ca and make a donation okay all right i won't see you there <laughs> Well, sad to hear yesterday that Jeff Beck passed away. Mm-hmm. Really, one of the all-time great guitar gods. You know, many people put Eric Clapton kind of at the top of that list, but Jeff Beck certainly uh, is on that and in that discussion as who was number one. Well, the two forever linked too because of the Yardbirds. That's right. right yeah, and there's like Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton, all considered to be uh, the greatest. He died of bacterial meningitis. He was only 78 years old. He uh, was a two-time member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. As you mentioned, a member of the Yardbirds, uh, won about seven Grammys. His career got going in 65 with the Yardbirds. Then he started the Jeff Beck Group uh, with uh, Rod Stewart and Ronnie Wood. And just last year, he was uh, working with Johnny Depp on an album called 18 and played on a couple of songs on Ozzy's latest album, including Patient Number 9. Yep. Uh, I was reading, apparently Johnny Depp is devastated. He's by his bedside. Yeah, he he visited his bedside before he passed, and and this all came on, the meningitis, very very suddenly. Mm -hmm. Um, So they they had collaborated last year and really gotten to to be friends. Yeah. Odd, though, that Johnny Depp was at his bedside dressed as Jack Sparrow. Right. He does that a lot for people. (laughs) 
Anyhow, yeah, sad to hear. Jeff Beck passing away at the age of uh, 78. Uh, celebrities that annoy you. Well, I've already shared the people that annoy me. Oh, uh, you can't get rid of it right now with Harry's book oh, being geez. out, the, the press junket that he's on. I was watching some of his uh, chat with Stephen Colbert, and, uh, you know, it was quite good. You, you can't help but like the guy. I just think she's led him down a path that he's not going to be able to, to reverse. Uh, you know, it's very tough for you to say, I want my family back, and then to share all those intimate details. Right. Like, if you, listen, you're not bringing that institution down, dude. You're really not. You're, I mean, it's going to carry on. So if you don't want to be a part of it, be like your great-great-grandfather or whoever he was and just book it to the Bahamas and call it a day. Um, uh, yeah, well, I guess the grand, great-uncle or great-great-uncle would, would have been, right? Right, yeah. Uh, uncle, yeah. But what's interesting, I, I really find, is that in, in I haven't read the book, but hearing these little tidbits mm. and what people are taking from it is that a lot of this is directed at Camilla. Oh, and, really? Uh, this whole war of the of the tabloid press and mm. war of the press and, and the leaking of information is, I guess, what he's really gotten at is that mm. the, the royal family, as a business entity and as an enterprise, has done a great job of controlling the media to get their word out but he said a lot of private conversations end up in public through the press through leaks mm. and the source of those leaks uh the some hints have been made mm. as being camilla who needed to clean up uh her image in order to take on the role of queen consort because she was always seen as the third person in a marriage right well sure i mean listen where's the morals of this woman first of all i i don't really care that you've loved this man with all your heart or he's loved you he made a decision to marry somebody else no they're both guilty of adultery but when you are the outside person you know when an affair happens there's always a million different reasons why affairs happen but I, I I always question the person who's gone into it when they know the person they're having the affair with is not only married but has young children. Mm. Anyhow, uh, yeah, I'm not shocked by that. And I'm also, I was always a little aggravated by the idea that poor Diana had to go through all she had to go through, had to prove she was a virgin. Right. And yet this Camilla can come in as an adulteress, right. a divorcee. Well, well, that was the thing. They were never allowed, going to be allowed to be married as long as, you know, he was a divorcee and not a widower. Yeah. Right? Um, the other thing I think that uh, in the interview he did with Stephen Colbert, he said something that I've heard so many people say who have lost family members at a young age, perhaps, you know, as he did, losing a parent at like 12 years of age or whatever he was mm-hmm. at the time. Stephen Colbert said to him something about, you know, if your mother was still alive today, how do you think this all would have played out? And he said, everything would have been different. Everything. And I've heard that in my own family where we they speak of my father-in-law who passed away very young. Life would have been different. Life would have changed if he had stayed, if she had stayed. That's very unfair to put all of that on somebody's memory. Because those people who died were only human beings. Nothing might have changed. They were only trying to get through life like we're all trying to get through life. But we, when someone passes, we put them on a pedestal. Mm. You know, and we think, oh, they could have made everything so much better, easier. No, maybe things would have been worse. Right. You know, 
In the end, probably she would have just ended up living on some island somewhere with, uh, what's his name? Dodie. Yeah. And maybe she would have seen those boys at Christmas because she wasn't getting them. Right. Certainly not the heir. She might have got the spare, but the heir wasn't leaving that castle. Well, we await another day of rain and uh, mild temperatures once again. Look, it's January 12th. Let's let's carry on. I I don't like the idea that I'm standing by to mop up water in my basement right. almost every other day. Uh-huh. We rigged up some little, uh, we MacGyvered a, uh, a little thing uh, yesterday where our eldest, the physics major, he said, why don't you do this? Get yourself some kind of, uh, like, um, uh, some kind of piece of uh, siding, not siding, but... Uh, is an east trough type of piece. Gotcha, right. Some, something with that kind of shape to it. And put it on a bit of an angle down the one wall, secure it to the wall, both sides where the leak is, and get a bucket in the middle and have that trap right. go right into the bucket. So we... Uh, so it, like, it literally leaks down the wall like that? Not like yeah. a drip then? It leaks like right you down just the kind wall. Of, you've got a, a waterfall feature yeah, well, coming down it, your wall. It starts as a drip, and then when you get those days that, you know, like last Wednesday when it rained solid for like three hours, the drip starts, and you can maintain and control the drip, but then when the floodgates open, when there's just, the, when the ground is too saturated, when the water's got nowhere else to go, right, is when it decides it all wants to come into our basement. So I'm shocked at this point you don't have a leak detector, though. Well, I I am the leak detector. I, I know that. But I'm it, down there all the time when it <laughs> rains. I spend more time in my crawl space than any other part of my house. Right. I've even got uh, my loungers by the pool. Yeah. They're down there in the crawl space. <laughs> I just sleep there now. So <laughs> uh, anyhow, so I've got a guy who says it's an easy fix and they'll do it this spring. I'm sure it'll be an easy fix for him, but not so easy on my bank account. Of course. Anyhow, so we've basically got this uh, ease trough uh, hung off the side of the wall with duct tape and adhesive, so it's very attractive. Mm. Be great for resale. <laughs> What's this little deal? <laughs> oh, we uh, we're, we're very we're environmentalists, and we're saving all the water. We're reusing it. It's either that, or it's it's a nice play feature for the rats. Yeah. To... Oh yeah. Should get some fish in there. Anyhow, that was our evening last night. So we'll see today. Although it doesn't look like we're going to have like one of those big moments of a ton of rain, you know, a flash flood of sorts. It looks like it's just going to be kind of ongoing all day long with like a under a millimeter an hour type of thing. Mm. Just constant. Washing away the sin. Noticed last night as well, too, that uh, somebody in my neighborhood decided to allow their dog once again to drop a poop the size of a loaf of bread. On my boulevard. It's like people stop this. If you want a dog, if you if you have this need, and I see a lot of my neighbors with like not just one, but two big dogs. Right. Yeah. Like you must spend your time doing nothing but picking up poop. I um, I was walking Coop the other day and uh, and, you know, his are tiny. Mm. You know, it it, what what gets a little graphic, but it, it what gets a little tough is when. Like if it's not really solid, mm. then I ended up taking up like a divot out of someone's yard as <laughs> you start to choke. I can't. But some other dog, like at one point, Coop started kind of pulling towards the boulevard, mm. and um, and a pile of snow that was there, and I'm like, okay, well he's sniffing around, whatever. And then I saw what he was going towards, and it was a mountain of poop that, that someone someone had, had left there, and it was 
huge, yeah. like human size. Like, if that happens, how the hell are you not prepared? If if uh, I, I'm ready to start installing cameras, and uh, I think that uh, if anybody leaves that size of poop on my boulevard, their dog should be removed. Mm. So anyhow, I started looking up how to uh, deter dogs from uh, from pooping on your property. So, and uh, it's the same with this lamp that I have at the end of my my lawn, where every dog in town uses it as their peephole. So I had read somewhere that you mix together like cayenne pepper and vinegar and spray that on the pole. So I did that last night. And then I read in a few different places that if you just take a spray bottle of pure vinegar and just kind of vinegar. spray the uh, perimeter. Right. So down kind of the sidewalk. So I'm doing that and I'm building, building a wall. Yeah. I mean, you're not trying to put a pepper spray bomb out there where people walk by and instantly have to <laughs> dry their eyes. Well, it's, that's next. <laughs> But, but vinegar tends to work. Yeah. I'm going to uh, actually stand there at the end of the driveway with the uh, <laughs> just spray people down. Get a mace. It is amazing. Uh, I don't know that I've ever lived in a neighborhood with this many dogs. Like it's just people are walking their dog constantly. Right. Well, and then plus there's the the pandemic puppy that yeah. we were guilty of. But so many people added dogs because the excuse was always I'm never home mm. to uh, to. Either you know train a dog. I get a lot of seniors one. too, right? And they're right. retired, so it, I mean, listen, it gets them out of the house. They go take the dog for a walk. It's all good. But between that and the construction trucks, and not just little trucks, like you know, you know, on the side of the highway, those uh, those uh, uh, weight zones or whatever they call it when transports have to go in and go do the yeah. weigh scales. Yeah, we- that's that's what my neighborhood looks like. <laughs> Like, I'm not kidding. I, it's, it's like, I think a lot of these trucks that are going through, it's illegal for them to be in a residential area. Yesterday, as I was trying to pull out onto the main road, this massive rig had to make a, a right into my subdivision. So, this thing was so big that I had to throw my car in reverse, and luckily nobody was behind me. I had to back up basically to my house to allow this thing into the neighborhood. I'm going to sue Brad Taylor, real estate agent to the stars. <laughs> Do me a favor. Take a deep breath this morning. <laughs> is it is it Festivus? I, I, I got a lot of problems. <laughs> got a lot of problems with you people. The dogs. We've been through the trucks. Oh, oh, yeah. The airing of the grievances. Oh, yeah. And then I got this house behind me. They're basically tearing it down to the studs and rebuilding it. So there's construction noise every day. And it's probably being ripped down to the studs for some young 24-year-old couple whose parents bought them the place. <laughs> and it's not good enough. <laughs> You're like Clint Eastwood sitting on your porch. No. Oh, well, I'll tell you this. Uh, this is another thing. <laughs> so uh, I don't have a problem with people cutting across the corner of my lawn. I right. live on a corner lot, so I get it. Sometimes people don't want to follow the sidewalk and... Yeah, as long as they're not, they're not up on your, oh, your front garden. Lately. I've had people basically walking across my porch. <laughs> and kids on bikes who will come like three quarters of the way up, ride across the lawn. Oh, I hate the human race. <laughs> I hate. Does, like, I'm going into my bunker. I'm starting a cult. I've had enough of everybody and everything. I got my Taj Mahal deck that's now basically leaning into my neighbor's backyard. That's my fault, I guess. God forbid you hire someone to build something for you who claims to know what they're doing. How was your evening? 
<laughs> it was great. I laughed when I read this. Zero percent of senior citizens love extreme sports and activities. <laughs> you just get to an age where you go, no thanks. <laughs> Uh, extreme activities mostly appeal to younger adrenal- adrenaline junkies. Uh, a quarter of us are into them, whether it's common stuff like riding a roller coaster and skiing or less common like paragliding. But when seniors 65 and older were asked, nope, none of them right. want anything to do with any of it. And I'm I'm not there yet. But even like, I remember when we went to Vegas and we Maria and I went on that roller coaster through uh, the New York, New York Hotel. And that was the first roller coaster we had been on in a long time. And both of us got out of it and went, nah, we're done with that. Yeah. <laughs> that activity is officially over. And I'm fine with it. Some people go, oh, that's a sad that a chapter is closed. No, I'm glad that chapter's closed. I was never a huge fan of that chapter to begin with. Okay. I always went on roller coasters because you had to. Certainly when you have kids and, and, you know, when I was a teenager and... Uh, and we go to Canada's Wonderland, and, and when Marie and I were first dating, she was really into going to uh, Wonderland and riding the, all this stuff. And I, I was always kind of just fine with it, but never mm. like a junkie for it. You, uh, I enjoy it. Yeah. I don't like waiting in line for it. Right. That's that's usually usually how I determine whether or not I'm a thrill seeker. It's like <laughs> <laughs> how big is the thrill compared to the line I have to wait to get into it. Um, roller coasters are by far the most popular extreme activity. Motorcycling, skateboarding, off-roading, rock climbing, also on the list of things people like to do. The ones that people haven't done but want to are hot air ballooning, zip lining, scuba diving, and the ones that most people do not want to try are cliff jumping, ice climbing, shark diving. Okay, yeah. Have you done the hot air ballooning, the zip lining, the scuba diving? Uh, zip line, yes. Scuba, not that deep, mm. right? But just to kind of, you know, and sometimes you go to a resort and they have the uh, the, the trial right. thing. I've done that, uh, and that was all right. Um, you know, I don't want to go down, you know, deep and dark. That <laughs> seems a little, uh, a little out of my realm. That, well, that's your general mood every day, right? Yes, I'm around you enough. Mm-hmm. That, Runs I don't off. Need any more deep and dark on vacation. I'm trying to get away from deep and dark. The main reason people say they enjoy extreme activities are experiencing new things and stress relief. I think a lot of this stuff would bring on stress. Uh, the main reason people give uh, people give for not enjoying extreme stuff are lack of interest or fear of injury. Fear for me is it, it, certainly the motivator or detractor. Like bungee, I don't think I could ever do. No. Um, I, I, I want to say I could... Probably jump out of a plane before I bungee, but I don't think. I think when it came down to brass tacks and actually having to do it, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, you know, I, I've I've often said I, I don't think I could say no to trying um, skydiving because I think I'd be so mad at myself if I had that offer. I'd never go to pocket and go pay for it right, and search yeah. it out myself, but if somebody came and said, hey, you and Lucky want to try skydiving, I can hook you up. I think I'd have a tough... I'd really be mad at myself if I said no. Yeah, I mean, it's something I, I think I really feel like I'd want to try. I haven't done the indoor one. I know you did that. Yeah. Um, I, that feeling seems pretty cool and pretty amazing. I just... I know 
uh, you know, they used to be able to jump off the cliffs at like Fenland Falls. Mm. And that's like 30, 40 feet or something like that. And I did it a couple of times, but my buddies all really enjoyed it. Right. And we'd, we'd go up there and I would sit at the top of this thing stewing. Right. Until finally it was so hot. And I was like, I got to get in the water. And the yeah. only way in is to jump off. <laughs> yeah. And you're so happy you did it once you did it. No, I don't think I was all that happy about it. <laughs> I think I was just cooler. That was all. Lee Eckley shared a great story with me uh, recently about skydiving. And he, and he went. And the way he described it is, yeah, it's complete uh, panic, especially when you uh, it's time to jump. And they get you kind of out the door and you're holding on to a bar and the plane kind of does a, a bit of a dip. Yeah. So that so that you can push off, and the motor of the plane is right there. So you're so afraid you're going to get sucked into it. Uh, and he said it's so loud when you're leaning out of that door and waiting, mm. and there's no going back in. No, like you can't. You just got to do your push and go. And he said it goes from a, a um, amazingly loud to complete and utter silence. Yeah. It's, he said it's really impressive. Now, another buddy of mine told me a great story years ago where he did this thing where he did the skydive. And they, it's a whole day event, right? They get you out in the morning and they put you through all the training and then you do the dive later in the afternoon. But his, uh, the system he went with or that they had was everybody got uh, headphones so you weren't attached to somebody else uh, guiding you down. They were talking you down from the ground. Oh, wow. And you had, like, these uh, straps, and you had these handles, and you could steer yourself left or right, and everybody had a number. And so you, everybody that was jumping, and it was, like, seven of them, everybody that was jumping could hear the instructor yeah. talking to the other jumpers. So my buddy says he jumps, and he's going down, and they're like, uh, jumper number four, jumper number four, uh, guide a little left, jumper number four, guide a little left, jumper number four, please, could you, could you guide a little left? And he's thinking to himself, oh, my God, what's wrong with jumper number four? He's not listening. Jumper number four, you really? Jumper number four, you really need to guide a little more left. A little more left, jumper four. We re- number four, number four, we need you to go left. And then he's like, oh, crap, I'm four. <laughs> oh, I, I, I really, as much as I think it, they make it look so cool. Mm. And amazing when you see professionals do it. Mm-hmm. I think I would be just a trembling, crying, <laughs> like so. And I, I couldn't have it videotaped. Right. I would look absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and what keeps me away from it the most, honestly, my last name is Luck. Mm. The headline after that, if something were to go wrong, would just not be the legacy. That I would want to have. <laughs> and I also think, too, like if we ever had an offer like that, certainly dead of winter, we're not going to do it. But if somebody reached out and said, first thing in the spring when it's good to go, I'm taking you guys up, we would spend the next three months just pooping ourselves. Oh, man. There's no way. Coming up, would you say no? I think I'd have to say no. Really? Eh? Yeah. I just, I, I would, I, as much as I, I deep down think I would want to do it, right. I don't think I'd be able to do it. But you don't hear of many people dying from it. Like our odds of living are pretty good. Again, have you have you not heard what I just said? My name is fodder for the headlines the next day. It's it's like a a reporter's dream to say his luck ran out on yeah. that day. Yeah, I don't have that problem. <laughs> My last name is Ven. <laughs> Do you have any ambition to burn some calories in the new year? Well. 
Why don't you just try the Monty Python John Cleese Silly Walk? If you don't know what I'm speaking of, take a look on YouTube. It's a, a part of the uh, Monty Python show where John Cleese does this very funny silly walk where he's walking down a street and just kicking out his legs really hard as he walks. Right. And, of course, he's a very tall, thin man, so he's got very long legs. So the exaggerated walk is uh, very, very funny. And um, they had uh, some researchers had about 13 healthy adults copy the walk, hooked them up to a gadget that measured their oxygen intake. Then they measured the speed they were walking to help calculate how many calories they burned. And they found it required two and a half times more energy than non-silly walks and burned many more calories or as many calories as jogging at five to six miles an hour. What would you do if you're driving down the road and you see some guy <laughs> kicking up his legs and walking like that? I would avoid him because I think he was insane. <laughs> but it's considered vigorous exercise. That means 11 minutes of a silly walk per day would put you over the 75 minutes of vigorous activity per week that doctors recommend. Do you think you get 75 minutes of vigorous activity a week? Vigorous? Vigorous? So, I don't get it in a month. 75 a year. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime she says yes. Right. Uh, your, your walk has to really be silly. The less silly ones uh, don't uh, work. You really got to give to the bit. You really got to kick those legs out. Right. Maybe if you just did it in the comfort of your own home. I don't know that you want to be walking down a main road. Yeah. Seems a bit much. Yeah. Do it at the gym on the treadmill. Yeah. Give it a shot. Why not? Anything. I mean, the what was the story we had, this is some time back, where like if you did... A couple of minutes. 30 seconds of something, like, you know, like 12 times a day or something. Right. It would add up to the same amount of exercise. And I think I tried. Like, I think for a moment, I was like, okay, I'm just going to jump for 30 seconds or right. run up and down the stairs for 30 seconds and try to do that as much as I can in <laughs> a day. On. You couldn't get up and down the stairs in 30 seconds. I only have two stairs in my house. <laughs> I can't get up the step to my front door. <laughs> you say, like, run up and down yeah. as if you're going up to see a tower flights for a while. You know, any little thing we do, we deem it as a success. Or there, I did something. Right. So here in this building, we're on the second floor. Yes. There's got to be, I don't know, 12 steps, maybe six and six or eight and eight, whatever it is. Uh -huh. 12, to, 12 to 16, 18 steps, somewhere in there. Probably not that much. And I never take the elevator. I always walk those steps. But I just walk them and I feel like, well, there we go. Right. I did something. I not only walk the steps and, and feel good about myself... I scoff at the others who are taking the elevator. No, I know. <laughs> to go down and have a cigarette. Yeah. Look at you lazy smokers. <laughs> like, I feel so good about myself. Yeah. It, it makes me feel healthier. <laughs> like, like, they can't walk down, down one flight, yeah. let alone up. Well, and this is what frust frustrates me in life sometimes, is that, like, I gave up smoking in my 30s. Uh, do I eat the wrong foods? Of course I do. Do I drink too much? Of course I do. But I, but I try on some level to, to have a, a bit of a balance. I'm at least aware of trying to have a balance. And then I see people walking through life with no balance. Right. Like doing everything wrong. <laughs> and still upright. <laughs> Keith Richards, your yeah. idol, is right there. And yet here I am on blood pressure pills yeah. and 
high class. Now, I don't know everybody's personal life. Maybe all these people are on, you know, 12 times the amount of medication I'm on. Could be. I take a couple of pills a day. I think in my mid-50s, it's not bad. I'm probably, I would hope, average or less than average. I mean, I have seen some friends and their pill, like I got buddies who have the, the medicine containers, you know, right, the yeah. Monday through Sunday containers, and they've got to have like half a dozen or more pills in each container for every day. Really? Like it's just a color code. So, of, so, so if you, okay, so I basically, I, I just want, I'm trying to picture this this get together yeah, yeah. where everyone kind of lays out their their oh. weekly pill allotments. Oh yeah, it's coming. <laughs> it's my you friend. throw your keys on the counter. It's yeah. going to be a great week. Now those have to go up there too. Oh, yeah. That your glasses cases. Everyone's going to find their cheater glasses. Listen, if 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 you uh, if the four of us, if you and Adrian and Marie and I went away for a weekend, oh boy, Lord. that would ever happen. <laughs> but if we did. That, that's all you'd hear from Marie and I. Where's our pills? Right. Take your pills. <laughs> it's time to take our pills. Do you have my pills? I think I forgot my pills. Oh, I'll take a pill tomorrow. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.